Hey everyone, I'm Ryan Kalamea. And I'm Amy Gosha. Welcome to the Divorce at Altitude, a podcast on Colorado family law. Divorce is not easy. It really sucks. Trust me, I know. Besides being an experienced divorce attorney, I'm also a divorce client. Whether you are someone considering divorce or a fellow family law attorney, listen in for weekly tips and insight into topics related to divorce, co-parenting, and separation in Colorado. Welcome back to another episode of Divorce at Altitude. I am Ryan Calamea. For listeners that can't see me, I am wearing a flannel shirt and I am joined by Amy, who has a scarf on. Amy, any particular reason why I'm referencing what we're wearing for today's episode? Oh, well, I know in Aspen, the snow has been flying and we just got our first snowstorm in Denver. So we're going to be talking about holiday parenting time and how to really navigate that. So. Indeed, we are. So ho, 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 if you're a fan of Christmas. We had previously done in episode 54 an episode on preparing for the school year and a divorce with parenting. And this episode is going to be really focused on holidays. And for those that don't know, Amy, can you maybe kind of lay some groundwork about the difference between regular parenting time and holiday parenting time? Sure. So regular parenting time is what is, you know, the regular parenting schedule that you're following year round. So if you're on like a 50-50 schedule is, you know, that a week on, week off, a five to two five. That's kind of the baseline as to what parenting time is. But then during the holidays, we have certain breaks per the school schedule where holiday parenting time would take precedence over regular parenting time. So that's what we're going to be focusing on today. Yeah. And we see in our practice, there's a couple different ways that parents can handle holidays. So you can alternate the holidays every other year. You can split the holiday in half. You can schedule a holiday twice and you can assign fixed holidays. So there's different ways and really depends on your family circumstance. But any kind of tips, Amy, I mean, you have a parenting plan in your case and for your son. So any tips as we walk into or jump into the holiday season that parents should consider whether they've been through divorce or they're thinking about divorce or they're going through divorce and navigating or negotiating a parenting plan right now? Yeah. So putting kind of more of my personal client hat on, you know, when you're going through a divorce and I'm past the divorce, but you're really focused on what is the regular parenting time going to be? And you kind of gloss over, even me as a family law attorney, the holiday parenting time. But until you actually live that out, the holiday parenting time can create bumps in the schedule that can create long periods of time where one parent can have the children or child, you know, it it does become important. So if you're going through an initial divorce during the holidays, pre-decree, that is, you know, like really look at how that holiday schedule is going to affect the regular schedule. And what I mean is that after the holiday time, you resume the regular schedule. So it's important to really map that out, you know, and we use custody exchange to really look a program to really look at how the holiday time can really affect like years down the road. For instance, two things that I've learned in my own situation are if you have, for instance, you define like Labor Day as a weekend and you're alternating the weekends, it can result in one parent having the child three weekends in a row. So it's just, you know, those types of things, you really need attention to detail is very important. And I think to 
put an exclamation point on that, Amy. I have been a big fan of sitting down with a calendar with clients and saying, in theory, every other week, alternating weeks makes sense. And then splitting Christmas break or winter break for school-aged children, that abstractly makes sense. But when you combine those and you look at a calendar, it really can create some issues because if Eric Wolf has week one, and then next week is the first half of winter break, and then you play that out, in theory, he could have three weeks in a row because the normal parenting schedule. And really the better example is Thanksgiving or spring break because he could have in an odd numbered year, the Thanksgiving break, which is a week. And so if people don't look down and see the calendar and overlay that, and as you referenced, we use Custody Exchange, which is a software program that allows clients to put the schedule and then add school holidays. But I really encourage people. And Amy, right now, we're getting a lot of calls from clients or prospective clients because you know they, they're reaching out, but they all say what in terms of timing of when they want to file? Well, they want to wait until after the holiday, right? So there's this gap right now. And right now, because it's fall, we have Thanksgiving and then Christmas and then New Year's, there's Hanukkah. So those sorts of things, usually when people talk about the holidays, that's usually, I mean, we have them right in a row. So I think in addition to looking at the school calendar and the actual schedule and overlaying it on the regular parenting time, I think a couple of things for people to go through. I mean, one is if you are contemplating a divorce, think about what it's going to be like. I mean, it's not something that you want to really consider. I mean, you're holding off, these parents hold off until after the holidays, but in their mind, they kind of know that this is what's going to, to happen, or at least one person does. And I think it's kind of helpful to think about what it's going to look like. And that first year, Amy, I'm sure you can confirm is that first year after divorce is finalized is really difficult when you go through the holiday season. Yeah, it is. And even if you're like in the middle of a divorce or just starting a divorce, the way that you think about how the holiday would look, a lot of people come to me and I'm sure to you, they're like, well, we just want to share the holiday or we want to split the holiday in half. And it's like, you really need to look not just for where you're at then, but how it's going to actually play out moving forward. And it's hard to do that when you're in that situation, but you and I can help with that. And I think also the holidays, you want to get ahead of the holidays. Like you want to work that out so it's not stressful, you know, for your children during the holiday season. And I think another point to think about is just the age of your children. We have my personal example is actually like very pertinent because I have a preschooler. So a lot of the holiday schedules, even like mine, say, well, you know, look at the school calendar that dictates. Well, what happens when you don't have a school calendar? Because preschool courts are not going to look at the preschool calendar that's not going to be until kindergarten. So it's important to really like pay attention to those details, you know, when you're like putting an agreement together on the holiday time. Yeah. And I think parents, if they are getting along and they want to share the holiday, they can do that. You can always deviate from the parenting plan. If that's what works for your family and you at that particular point. But if you are 
arguing about it, it makes sense to have a detailed arrangement. And that kind of raises how granular do you want to get? The judicial form, which I'm not a big fan of, it has various holidays. And if we go through some of those, you know, there's the biggies, Christmas, Mother's Day, Father's Day, but you know, you've got Martin Luther King Jr. Day, Easter, Memorial Day, Columbus Day, Halloween, Veterans Day. I mean, there's so many and you need to ask yourself, how in detail do you want to get? Because it's kind of like the tax code. When you create all these different exceptions, it gets really confusing and can result in unintended consequences. So I think people really need to ask themselves whether they want to deviate because there is something to be said for the simplicity of just letting the calendar or the holiday fall as it may. And if that especially is true, if you've got an alternating week equal parenting time arrangement, because in theory, then it's all going to shake out at the end of the day in terms of each parent's going to have the holiday. But I think it is helpful for people to ask themselves, Mother's Day, okay, every year mother is going to have Mother's Day, but is it the whole weekend? Is it from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m.? And you know what happens if Melanie in Mother's Day that weekend, if it's Eric's weekend? And so they, you just have to ask yourself, you know, how in detail do I want to get? Any other additional thoughts on the level of detail, Amy? Yeah, I think that it depends for sure on your case. And if you get along, great, you know, like you should always have like a default schedule and thinking about it from the children's perspective, if their schedule is constantly changing, because you've made like the holiday schedule so detailed, where it just confuses even the regular parenting time schedule, like you don't want that either, you know, but don't assume that you're just going to agree with the other parent, because you know, over time, things change, and you might agree in the beginning, and you might not later on, I had an attorney one time where I put in the parenting plan, you know, mother has the children on Mother's Day, father has the children on Father's Day and defined it. And the attorney freaked out and said, well, that's not an agreement. So just, you know, make sure that it's clear, but also look at your circumstances and make sure that you're not like over detailing it. That said, I think it is helpful. So for example, Thanksgiving, normally, Amy, you don't have, as you said, you have a preschooler, but you know, my kids are in school. And so for me, Thanksgiving means that they have a whole week off of school. And it's actually a more than a week because once they get on Friday, then the week before they have the whole week off. So I think it's helpful for parents to define, is it the week off of school? So does it start on Monday or is it just the day? You know, most people, if they want to travel, if they really want to think about it, they're looking at that Friday after school lets out before, and that then transitions into the kids go back to school on the following Monday. And I think it is helpful to have specifics related to that. And if you think about it, most people kind of come into it, no matter if they have a disproportionate allocation of parenting time on the regular schedule, most parents will equally divide the holidays. Now, there's some exceptions on relocation where if there's a parent that lives out of state, they might get every spring break or they might get every Thanksgiving because that is an opportunity. But Amy, would you agree that most parents come into it even if they have a 60-40 or 70-30 every other weekend type arrangement that they're equally dividing holidays? 
Yeah, I think that's an assumption. Like, I think it's a rare circumstance, like parents living in two different states where it would not be an equal division of the holiday time. And I think another, just as I think about this, and we haven't mentioned it because this episode is on holiday parenting time, but you also have to look at vacation parenting time. So most parenting plans will have a vacation schedule that might say each parent gets two weeks you know, in the summer. Well, you have to look at some of the holidays that overlap in the summer, like July 4th, or if you, you know, there are parenting plans where it might be a school-based, home-based schedule during the year. And then in the summer, you might have more of an equal parenting time schedule. So if you have like vacation time and a parent could take it on one of the other parents' parenting time, it could result in like one parent having three weeks in a row. So when you're looking at the holiday time, it I think that's why it's so important to put it on the calendar because you need to look at the regular time, how that plays out, holiday time, how that plays out, and then various scenarios on how you're defining the vacation parenting time as well. I think parents need to ask themselves, I mean, the summertime is a great example. And I consider that to be within that same conversation of holidays is that you're really looking at a deviation from the regular schedule. And many parents will change the parenting schedule for the summer because, you know, the children might be better off being with Melanie on Sunday night, every Sunday night. And because she can take the kids to school and Eric, he might be transferring, you know, back and forth between New York or Chicago for work. He might travel and that might disrupt his own schedule. But those school, getting the kids to school and sitting down with them to do homework, that might be, you know, Melanie's jam. And that may kind of result in having a different schedule week on, week off in the summer. And those are the sorts of considerations. I mean, up here in the mountains, a lot of people in their service industry. So Christmas or winter break, that's when a lot of parents will work. And so we have this unique schedule where there's a fall break, a whole week off in October. And that is really unique to something in our mountain communities because parents are working during winter break. So you have to sit down and think about what the other parent. And and Amy, you and I have seen this with families. Some really put an emphasis on Christmas Eve, some on Christmas Day. And so one thing that I've found helpful is you equally divide the winter break oftentimes. And this is the most common scenario, but oftentimes winter break will have an odd number of days. And so then you have this issue and I've gotten calls you know, the day before Christmas, hey, Ryan, there's a disproportionate number of days or an unequal number of days. What do we do? These tiebreakers where if, for example, there's an equal amount of days, then the person with the first week gets the carryover day, the extra day, and then it's going to shake out next year. So there's All of these different things that we have seen, and Amy, you and I have gotten called where people don't understand it, and then we go back into our template, and we tweak it and fix it, and you know, really helpful for clients to see, even though, as you said, I don't think they're really thinking about, well, next year for Christmas, this issue could come up, and we've seen so many different disputes and issues over holiday parenting time. And I think when you're also modifying your parenting time, make sure that you look at that vacation and holiday schedule, because as the needs of your kids change, you know, like I have a case where there's one kid is in elementary, one is in middle school, and one is in high school, and they're not in the same district, like 
ones in private school. So the schedules change, you know, so you have to think about, well, okay, like I'm just looking at elementary school, but like you have to consider all of those other schedules, like possibly your kids might have different schedules and how does that impact holiday time? Yeah. And so an example of that, I think is helpful for provisions in a parenting plan to consider. One is the three-day weekends. So the school, Amy, in your example, the elementary school, they might have Martin Luther King Jr. day off from school, but the private school may not. And so what do you do in that circumstance? And I find it to be helpful if there's, you know, generally there's alternation of weekends, no matter kind of what parenting plan, whether it's a 5225 or a 223 or even, you know, alternating weekends. And that's all that there is. And they're under kind of a 60-40 or 70-30 arrangement. So really one thing I like is the three-day weekends, you don't explicitly outline them because then they can disrupt the normal parenting schedule, but the children have the day off of school. And you could say two out of three kids or one out of three kids, whatever it is, parent that has them that weekend would carry over and have that extra Monday. Because typically that's when the holiday, whether it be Labor Day, Memorial Day, and you can just have an extra day. And again, that kind of shakes out usually over the course of, of a year when you have that kind of language. Yeah. And I would say over the years, I mean, I used to be very detailed, you know, just automatically in defining all of the holidays. And over the years, I've become, yeah, more like follow the regular schedule. If it falls on the Monday, then keep the children. And that is child-based because then they're not bouncing back and forth between houses. But then another provision may be that, you know, what you were referencing earlier, Amy, in terms of the children could be away from a parent for three straight weeks. So you can have just a simple provision that says, it's not our intention to have the children for more than 14 days or fill in the blank number of days. And then there's a reset and, you know, there can be a flip language provision so that if there is going to be spring break and that's going to result in Eric having the children for, you know, three straight weeks or weekends rather, because, you know, the first weekend before the holiday and then the second weekend, then Melanie would have the ability, hey, I want to flip with you so that I get the weekend before they leave or the weekend when they get back and that resets the schedule. And so you can have those sorts of provisions that really address some of the unintended consequences because, you know, unless they're looking at a calendar and seeing it and it can happen where it just pops up and people don't realize it. Right. And then one thing I was thinking about, Ryan, what do you do in the circumstance of if people travel or not for the holiday? How do you address that issue? So I like to have in winter break in particular, because there can be language about that you'll split Christmas Day or one parent will have Christmas Eve, but that assumes that both parents are in the same geographic location. So I often will put that if the parents are in the same geographic location that they'll, and it same thing could be happen for Thanksgiving, but the most common example is Christmas for those that celebrate Christmas and say, if they're in the same geographic area, great. But just one of those things where it really depends on the facts and, and the circumstances. The other thing too, Amy, that we see is, you know, summertime. I mean, I have an eight-year-old daughter. We're talking about, you know, sleepaway camp at some point. And that can, you know, when parents have a historic 
agreement with each other in terms of sleepaway camp, that can really eat into the summertime. And so people really need to kind of think about that, especially when it comes to some sort of relocation where one parent typically in a relocation where, you know, if Eric is living in New York City and Melanie is living in Boulder, Colorado, then that summertime is really the opportunity for the non-school-based parent to make up for time. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, as attorneys, really knowing the different holidays, like for instance, I defining, you know, Yom Kippur and various holidays and understanding that putting like sundown to sundown and defining that is important, you know, when you're dealing with those kind of holidays. Yeah. And I think that there's so many different school calendars and, and really people like you, Amy, I often tell people, Hey, it's, you don't necessarily have, if you have preschoolers, then you don't necessarily have to have a whole week off of Thanksgiving. It's hard to take off of all this time for, for the kids with your work schedule. But once you get there, it really is something that you have to factor in because that school schedule really dictates. And so oftentimes we'll put in for the time being that we'll have Thanksgiving day and that's the holiday. But then once the child gets to school, kindergarten, then there's this default parenting schedule. So, but Amy, what happens if there is a dispute in terms of enforcement? What are some options for parents if they end up waiting, which I think one of the key takeaways from this episode is what you said is don't wait. And that's why we're releasing this episode is in part to encourage people to really look at their parenting plan or to think about this and address it ahead of time. Don't call your divorce lawyer at seven o'clock on Christmas Eve and say, we can't figure out who's going to have the children on Christmas day tomorrow, because you know you, we're not going to be able to address that. So Amy, what are the options in terms of enforcement or resolving some of those disputes? Yeah. So you have to look first at the like alternative dispute resolution section of your parenting plan. But in some cases, it would be really helpful to have like a parenting coordinator or decision maker because trying to put something that like that in front of the court, it's just really hard. So in the best case scenario, how I see it working is like step one, talk to your co-parent and get on the same page with what the schedule is. Make sure that the calendar is clear. If you can't reach a resolution on that, then, you know, if you have counsel, go to your counsel, try to work that out. If you can't do that, you know, like at least think about a provision that if you're just doing your parenting plan or even modifying it, put in a provision for how to resolve that. So it's not just having to go to the court, you know, so you can put a provision in your parenting plan regarding decision maker, even arbitration, you know, just not leaving it to the court because you just don't know when you're going to get, you know, an answer on that. I think it goes back to episode 54 on terms of our school planning. Once the school calendar is out, it, it is, I don't think anyone would regret, you know, sitting down or at least emailing the other parent. And I say sitting down in terms of figure of speech, but really emailing the other client and, and having that calendar. And they can use a program like Custody Exchange to say, hey, this is what it looks like. Do you agree? And if, and obviously there can be, 
uh, changes. But if you do that in the uh, summer or early fall, it, it really can address some of those issues. But, you know, if there is some sort of dispute, then, you know, people have emotion for contempt because if there's a violation of one parent just unilaterally decides, then, you know, certainly you could file a motion for contempt, but you can also file a motion for enforcement. And we've had other episodes related to that. You know, we had Georgina Melby talk about a motion for contempt in that process. And then Holly Omidi in terms of a motion for enforcement and some of those other mechanisms. But the judge does not like, I can tell, you know, everyone out there with a high degree of confidence, the judges don't like dealing with these sorts of disputes, but really it's one of those things you got to think about the kids and that that really is something that people need to be mindful of because the holidays, it, there's a reason there's a holiday. It's, a, it's an opportunity for people to be together and to celebrate, you know, and it's going to be a different circumstance. You know, mom or dad is not, you know, necessarily going to be there, but it's about kind of celebrating love. And if you or the other parent is aggravated because there's been a dispute on holiday, the, really the kids, you know, lose out on that. Yeah. And I know that, you know, it's hard for parents going through divorce not to be with their kid on, you know, like important holidays. But I was in mediation recently with a family law attorney who has been practicing 40 years and she was divorced. And she said, you know, she would just have an, she said, you can celebrate Thanksgiving on any day that you want. It might not be the same, but you can still make it special, you know? And so I think as a parent, the takeaway is it really is about your children, but you can still do other things and do other traditions, even if it's not on the actual holiday, you know, because it is hard to go through it as a parent when you don't have your child on the holiday. Well, and the final point, I recently talked to a client about travel because holidays do result in travel. And so having specific language in the parenting plan about how, you know, for example, if there's a level three or level four with the U.S. State Department, Amy, I'm sure you're not traveling to Iraq over the holidays, but if there's a dispute on the safety and the where they're going, but providing itinerary or different travel info, but also having that notarized signature when you're traveling as a single parent, often these airlines will ask for confirmation from the other parent that's not traveling to make sure that there's no abduction. And usually that's for international travel. It's not with domestic travel, but I mean, when you get kids that are sick, you know, and they're supposed to be with the other parent, those sorts of issues can really cause some time sensitive. So I love the idea of a PCDM, a parenting coordinator, decision maker to really be able to address some of those issues. I, I once had a holiday parenting dispute and the parenting coordinator immediately issued a decision as a decision maker because there was a dispute over traveling to Mexico. So those are the time sensitive issues that are really app for a PCDM. And if people want more info, I think, you know, a couple episodes, the episode 32, which is a how-to episode on holiday parenting time. Amy, you did an interview with Joan McWilliams in episode 27 on parenting plans. And then finally, there's episode 22 on the final settlement documents. So people can really kind of understand a parenting plan. Like what exactly is this? If you don't know, go back and, and look at it. But anything else before we go back to hanging the lights and preparing for the upcoming holidays, Amy? 
I think if you're just listening to this episode, figure out your holiday parenting time. (laughs) Well, until next time, thanks for joining us on Divorce at Altitude. Happy holidays. We hope that this has been helpful for all those out there thinking about holiday parenting time. Hey everyone, this is Ryan again. Thank you for joining us on Divorce at Altitude. If you found our tips, insight, or discussion helpful, please tell a friend about this podcast. For show notes, additional resources, or links mentioned on today's episode, visit divorceataltitude.com. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen in. Many of our episodes are also posted on YouTube. You can also find Amy and me at kalamea.law or 970-315-2365. That's K-A-L-A-M-A-Y-A dot law. Thank you.